right. Hello, my friends. I'm Sheila Pearl, the Love Doctor, and this is the new podcast. Let's talk about making love better. And today, my guest is Devin Weefer. He is a, I call him one of my love gurus. Uh, a few months ago, I took a very special uh, course with him on divine love, and I got to know more about what he has to offer us all in terms of breaking us open, cracking us open, helping us uh, open up to who we really are in our capacity to love ourselves and to love others. So uh, I'm, in a moment, I'm going to just kind of give the floor to Devin. I want him to introduce himself, but I wanted to kind of set the stage today with our conversation. And I wanted to share two important quotes from two important people who are really thought leaders in the world in terms of love. The first is a brief quote from Eric Fromm's book, The Art of Loving. And he says, love is not primarily a relationship to a specific person. It is an attitude of orientation, of character, which determines the relatedness of a person to the world as a whole, not toward one aspect of love. And he goes on to say that love is not transactional. Love is not about you give me this, I'll give you that. That love is about a sharing and a reciprocity. So that's one thought that I, I'm just throwing out there for him to relate to in any way he wants. And the other quote is from Brene Brown, who in, in her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, writes about love. She says, we cultivate love when we allow our most vulnerable and powerful selves to be deeply seen and known. And when we honor the spiritual connection that grows from that offering with trust, respect, kindness, and affection. Love is not something we give or get. It is something that we nurture and grow a connection that can only be cultivated between two people when it exists within each one of them. We can only love others as much as we love ourselves. So Devin, would you mm. introduce yourselves to my Beautiful. audience, to the world, and let them know what you're doing in the world about this whole topic. Yeah, uh, thank you for those readings. Those those were exquisite. Um, hi guys, my name is Devin Weefer. I am a holistic performance coach to executives and entrepreneurs. Um, you know, in, in sort of parallel with what Sheila was talking about as far as cracking yourself open, um, life and like your highest expression of self is all about cracking yourself open to your potential, to a deeper sense of connection to source to connection to love and you know figuring out what that work is uh as it relates to yourself with life with business uh with your relationships with your communication is is the access to everything that you're looking for it all starts and ends with us and uh, the offerings that I, I provide my clients are in relation to self in in 
th uh, in relation to self in connection to life relationships and business. So when you're working with either groups or individuals and you and I know from our own life experience and the work that we do as well, that there's always this push pull between the impulse that we have to defend ourselves against real or perceived threats and the necessity to be willing to be vulnerable. In other words, to be willing to be cracked open, to be willing to, as Elizabeth Lesser says in her book, Broken Open, uh, until and unless we are willing to be fully engaged in life and we suffer some of the, the pains that are inevitable in, in, in you know, being full out in life, we often don't experience being broken open by life. So we have to be willing to jump in head first, wouldn't you say, Devin? Yeah, uh, and it starts with feeling, right? It starts with being in connection with feeling into the truth of whatever your experience is with within those things, life, business, relationship, and and asking yourself, like, is this what I truly want? Is is how things going for me how I had planned it to be? Um, and if it, if not, it's being vulnerable and connecting with how you've been feeling about that thing and and opening up uh, to working with a professional like yourself or myself that can help you get to the, the core of what's going on and help you choose with courage and intentionality to, to make a change and show up uh, and take ownership and responsibility for um, what has happened, what hasn't been happening, what's, what's working, what's not, and, and being willing to, to make a change. So let's, let's, let's be the storytellers. Let's tell the stories that either we could tell about our own lives or people that we know and we work with that will illustrate what you're talking about. For instance, I sat with a client last night. He's, he's in his mid forties. He's divorced. He's got three kids. He's uh, suffered loss of, uh, of all kinds of things in his life and, and suffered a great deal from disappointment and having you know trusted his first wife and been betrayed and and now he's uh in a new relationship and he he loves his girlfriend but they do fight and when they fight he gets scared when they fight it's often about his feeling either that she's uh criticizing him or attacking him or he's afraid that he's not enough so he jumps to his own defense and when he does that he's in attack mode when he's in attack mode, he can't really hear what she has to say that might be feedback rather than an attack. So my, my tip to him last night was choose to be curious, choose to hear what she has to say as a form of feedback that your relationship is giving you an opportunity to hear, uh, which is what happen, happens in all of our very close relationships. I do believe that we meet people for a reason and we can learn from one another. And if, if she says something to you that feels like an attack, instead of saying, well, that's not true, I didn't do that, take a pause, take a deep breath and ask, I didn't see it that way, tell me what you see. So that he's being open, he's being vulnerable, and he's being curious, and he's not taking her personally, 
he's engaging, he's leaning in. Right, exactly. And and it's, it's the hardest to do that when you feel triggered in your your core vulnerabilities or core wounds, right? Which, you know, sounds from what you're sharing, his one of his core wounds is inadequacy. I'm I'm not enough, right? And so, you know, to him, I'm sure he's really trying, he's showing up. Uh, and when she comes with the criticism, um, you know, he's taking it personally. Uh, obviously he's doing work with you. So he's he's working on being a better man and being a better partner and, and communicator, lover. Um, and, you know, from what you're sharing, yeah, it, it's just so important just to not take it personally, understand that, take ownership and responsibility for that trigger for uh, your experience and be able to communicate that properly with, with your partner so that you guys can get on the same page. And, um, you know, because usually when the other person uh, trusts you and the other person is considerate of you, uh, when you are vulnerable, when you are real, the other person holds space for that, can acknowledge that, and can, um, you know, under, understand what's going on with you that much better. And it, it is hard for men to sort of express those things. So kudos to him for taking it on and for, doing the deep work and for knowing and feeling into what the source of all that is uh absolutely i mean i give kudos to everybody who chooses to be courageous and mm -hmm. I, I said to him last night good for you for being willing to come into me you know at the end of a snowstorm first of all <laughs> he drives quite a distance and to be willing to engage in this conversation where he really wants things to be better in this relationship, and yet he's afraid. He's afraid. And you're right. When people are triggered uh, by criticism and, and or what feels like a criticism or attack, and they jump to their defense, that core wound is usually, and it's such a, it's, it's kind of the universal human condition. Most of us walk around being afraid. We're not enough. We're not good enough. We're not smart enough. Uh, and this guy admitted to the fact he wants to be the best dad, the best boyfriend, the best teacher, the best everything he does. And so he, he's always striving for perfection. And I say, and that's why I, I raise uh, this this quote from uh, Brene Brown's book, which is the gifts of imperfection, because so often what gets in the way is the illusion that any of us have that we are capable of perfection. Although I, I do re re refer to our perfect imperfection. In other words, there's no such thing as perfection. You can have a vision. But, but right now, I'm perfectly imperfect, right? And you're perfectly imperfect right now. And we're all works in progress. And we all have things to learn. And we all have ways to, to grow. And so for this, to me as a young man, because he's about 30 years younger than I, so I feel like you know I could pull the, the, the senior card here. But, uh, so, you know, he, but he's lived a lot of life already. He's been married, divorced, has kids, and, and he's, you know, embarking on this new relationship. And, uh, and in that, he's afraid of making the same mistake. He's afraid of embarking on another relationship where he's going to be disappointed. And uh, mm. I do know, according 
to all the, the thought leaders and the masters that I studied with. And one of them was Neil Donald Walsh. And he mm-hmm. says, uh, how, how does he put it? I, I, I shared the quote yesterday. Um, and it, it goes to take, being willing to take a risk. Oh, there are no guarantees. That's it. There are no guarantees, right? There's no such thing as a guarantee. Okay, we buy insurance as some form of guarantee, right? But in human relationships, there are no guarantees except for one possible thing. And that would be myself. I'm in charge of me. I'm not in charge of anybody else, but I am in charge of me. And for this man last night who sat in my office actually weeping from being afraid, right? He says, I I, I just, I can't stand the idea of making another mistake. In fact, you put it even more specifically. Mm -hmm. I can't stand the idea of being a failure again because he saw saw his first marriage, which ended in divorce as a failure. Although Mm. she cheated on him, she betrayed him, but he still sees that as his failure. Now, it's true. Mm. Every relationship has two people in it. Right. So to the extent that he was in either consciously or unconsciously a part of that outcome, a part of that result, we need to own that, you know. But it's, it's, not, it's nobody's fault necessarily, but it, there could be an explanation. So in his mind, he's afraid of failure. But if we allow the fear of failure to stop us from moving forward, as Neil Dollar Wall says, there are no guarantees. And if if you want if you want guarantees, you don't want life because life isn't this prescripted story. You are writing it every step of the way. Right. So, so, how, so how do we deal with the reality of life? Is there is there are no guarantees. There's no such thing. And and I know you've recently begun a new relationship, and you know about me that I have. I'm still in the middle of that relationship that I reconstituted from 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been ever so bold and, and we're getting closer to the possibility it may come up and visit um, and stay at a friend's house where we can you know, have plenty of space and a big kitchen to cook in and all that sort of thing. I've been very bold, but I don't take his hesitancy or his resistance personally. And I love him and I will continue to see him, but I don't take mm-hmm. his pushback personally. So it's very liberating, mm-hmm. right? So I've been cracked open to the point where I've been bold and brave. And and yet I know he I know he's sweet on me. So whatever his hesitation is, it's him, not me. And you know, we'll just deal with that. But tell me what you've learned about your own life mm-hmm. being cracked open, about your own life being mm-hmm. willing to venture into a new relationship when perhaps you had been disappointed previously. Could you share that? Yeah, sure. Uh, and I'll share it in a way that's relatable to, you know, what your client is going through. You know, us humans, we don't, we're really scared of, of making the same mistakes, right? And in, in bringing our past into our future, not being able to course correct. Um, but the beautiful thing about what your client is doing and what I do in my relationship is having fu- like fully transparent, open conversations. Um, so so that your past doesn't 
become your present and forever perpetuate your future. Um, so him sharing that he doesn't want to make the same mistake that you know his relationship to that to his his wife is valuable. Uh, him owning those things, owning his feelings, owning his intentions, and you know walking with integrity and character about choosing to fix them and and, and being a stand for for that being different and knowing your the cont container that you're trying to create for the loving dynamic what your non-negotiables are what your values are what actually bonds you to that individual um you know that is through which a relationship will thrive or break or break down right you want to have obviously an alignment with the non-negotiables the values uh you 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 want to be as transparent as possible with what you're looking for and obviously it, it, it takes work regardless if the person is your your divine partner your divine match like it, it takes uh conscious conversation because we all come into relationships with with something something that we're carrying from our past something we're um you know from our past carrying it carrying over from our past relationships and to the extent in which we can have conversations as things come up, as we feel into, wow, this is why I'm reacting a certain way. This is why I'm triggered. This is this is why I've been, uh, you know, standoffish or, um, uh, you know, not not communicative. Then things can change. Uh, you know, if you, as an example from my own personal life. Uh, me, me and my girlfriend are, are deepening and deepening and deepening, right? We're have the same values, you know, what we, uh, what our non-negotiables are, are very similar. And in my last relationship or in my previous relationships, I mean, I've been, I've been a bachelor. Um, you know, I was usually the one to leave. I was usually the one to, to move on. And what I shared with her, it was really hard for me to, to share and I I got choked up was that I wasn't scared of her hurting me. I was scared of me hurting her. Um and and doing something that that would jeopardize the relationship. You know, my fear of um yeah, you know, messing up the relationship. Because I have such intentionality and I want to move with such uh, integrity and character that uh you know, I, I I take her into account at all at all uh, points points of time. But that was that was big for me to cough up and to share, uh, because it was it was vulnerable for me to share that and share that fear. And so whatever that is that you're feeling into in your relationship, I would suggest open to that, share it with your partner, uh, and you know it's going to trigger the other individual, right? And to the extent in which you guys can focus on a solution, come back to your commitment and being courageous around uh, love. I, I, I have the saying that goes, when the commitment is to the con connection, conflict is of no issue. And so- Could you, could you it'll, just go deeper to explain what you mean by that. That's a wonderful, say that again, and then explain yeah. it. Because we don't want to step over that. That's really important. So when commitment, right. 
when when the commitment is to the connection, the conflict is of no issue. Ah, when the commitment is to the connection, the conflict is no issue. So can you give an example of how you've been able to apply that? Hmm. Well, situations like that, right? Where it's, it's vulnerable, there's, you know, I was a little standoffish. I was working through, you know, what I was feeling and why I was feeling that way. I took a little bit of space. Uh, we just had, you know, a number of days together. We were deepening our dynamic. And, you know, the masculine energy is all about freedom and all about, uh, you know, just being in pursuit in, in life and not having many ties. Um, and so masculine energy men usually have an issue with commitment. And, and for me, you know, I've, I've, I've had that uh, as, as a, um, a pattern for myself. Right. And, you know, sort of like leaving the relationship too soon. And so we, I was taking some space just to figure out what was going on with me and, and why I was acting the way I was. And, and then I, I, we got to a point in our conversation where she said, Hey, you know, you've been showing up uh, a little off what's going on. And I had, you know, been processing it, doing the work, feeling into it, what it is. And, and then we fully transparently dove into the conversation, had a dialogue about it. Um, and I, it triggered her. She felt a certain way about it, but she was willing to hold the space for me because I was being vulnerable and real and, and I was committed to the, the, the dynamic and the relationship. Uh, but expressing my fears at the same time. And, you know, it, obviously communication comes down to trust and your ability to uh, ha hold the proper respectful container with another as they're sharing something that is uh, vulnerable. And she was able to hold that space and I was able to share that. And she shared her, some of her fears and then our relationship deepened because our commitment was to the, the connection. And, you know, we are bonded based off of our values, based off of our, our non-negotiables. And we both really respect one another and provide each other space and uh, unconditional love and respect and non-judgment, like total acceptance. And, you know, those relationships really only begin to flourish like that when you can bring yourself non-judgment and total acceptance while being fully transparent and, and communicating what what's going on for you so as you're talking i'm thinking of another client of mine who had been uh dating someone and uh had felt that they had reached kind of like a wall like a like an impasse and he wasn't sure if this was the relationship for for him he wasn't sure if he wanted to go mm -hmm. forward and um, he actually was ready to end the relationship. And uh, he had a conversation with uh, his partner and his partner opened up to him, letting him know all the things he had been afraid of that, but didn't want to say and was afraid of, of being uh, uh, rejected or afraid of being criticized. So never really opened up. And what had bothered my client was he didn't feel the connection. 
So once they had this deep conversation in which they were ready to break up with one another, it created mm -hmm. a new level of connection. And they're, this is three months later, they're still together. Because that, that conversation, which was kind of like a complaint, kind of like, uh, you know, uh, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling like we're really moving forward. It was also feedback. And so it, my, my client's partner had the courage to tell him why he wasn't opening up, why he wasn't more communicative, why he didn't share more because he was afraid. And then they came in together and I helped them unpack it so that they mm. could appreciate what was going on and uh, they're enjoying a much deeper, more loving, sharing relationship. Because as you say, they, they focused on, they made the commitment to the connection. They began to see what was, what was not working was they were not fully connecting. They weren't fully connecting because fear, fear was getting in the way. So when I often say, <laughs> You know, when when the fear enters uh, the relationship, uh, you know, the connection uh, goes on vacation. Or when judgment is mm -hmm. in the space, love goes on vacation. In other words, fear mm -hmm. and judgment are barriers. And if we can, you know, see that for what it is and and choose to be courageous, choose to be brave, choose to be vulnerable and to speak your truth without being hurtful. Uh, then we establish that connection. And as you say, if, if and when you have that connection, you can have differences about all kinds of things. And then you can agree to disagree. You don't have to agree on everything, mm -hmm. but be willing to talk about it and, and be respectful. Again, getting back to that whole idea of being respectful and open and, and authentic and kind and affectionate. So tell me more about what you know about what, what, what we can do, how we can choose to connect more effectively. And, and because, you know, this is all about how to make love better and how we can make love better is to connect better. So tell me more. Connection is obviously through ourselves, right? I, I think you were mentioning in the quotes about spirituality and connection to source and to um, to our, our depth, and when when we when we choose to you know share vulnerably and being like authentic and fully transparent without resentments, without shame, without blame, without guilt. It truly does open up an amazing space uh, because we're doing to that to our stuff ourselves all the time. And when we, you know, choose the opposite of leaning in and cracking ourselves open, because it is, it is difficult to say. You know, the words will fumble off your tongue, and um, you, you'll, you'll have a knot in your stomach. But you know, to, to really truly live with life, with, in connection to source and um, trusting the evolution of everything, it's to show up uh, and own and take responsibility for, for, for as much as we can, the good, the bad, the ugly, 
and through that willingness to be to, to walk with such integrity that that is the key that opens up everything well because otherwise if you hold it in resentment builds yeah. you blame your partner the ego comes in it, it's a way a way in which you eradicate uh the finger pointing and uh the the protection and the defenses that that start to the barriers that start to come up that separates you in connection with yourself and connecting to that individual so if we if we go back to the idea that one of our fundamental fears is uh i'm not enough i'm not good enough uh i'm a, you know uh, if i fail at something uh i'm a failure you know there's a difference between failing at something and being a failure there's a there's a difference between making a mistake and being a mistake there's a difference between perhaps not having enough knowledge or enough um, uh, skills uh, to do what you want to do and not being enough. And we can always add to our skill set. We can add to our knowledge and, and uh, all that sort of thing. So, you know, as I see it, the journey in loving relationships and the journey in making love better is to constantly remind ourselves of the big lie so that we are willing to step into our truth. It's not true that I'm enough. It's not true that I'm not lovable. It's not true that I'm a failure, although maybe I failed at certain things. So that our focus is on being so happy and excited to share who we are with another. I'm not looking for them to validate me or approve of me. So I'm not constantly focusing on needing something from them. I'm focusing on wanting to give to them of myself. And to me, that's what makes the difference in the quality connection and the authentic connection and in the vulnerability that we're willing to share, which makes it possible to have what I call intimacy. If I'm not willing to have you see into me, if I'm not willing to see into myself, if I'm not willing to accept all my nooks and crannies and my perfect imperfections, I'm constantly focusing on covering it up, pretending it's not there, being afraid that you're going to see it. But if I'm willing to share it and I say, mea culpa, here I am, right? I, I'm 79, not 39 right? So I'm not trying to look like I'm younger than I am. I am what I am. And with my old boyfriend who's four years older than I, I'm not expecting him to be the young buck he was at the age of 30. So when he holds me at arm's length and he doesn't let me come to his house and, and we don't, you know, have the, the kind of sharing that I'd like to have, I'd like to hang out with him. I'd like to cook together and listen to music together and sip scotch together. That's what I want to share, that kind of connection. When he holds me at arm's length and doesn't allow me that, I have to remind myself not to take that personally, that there may be something going on in him in which he's afraid that he's not enough, that he's not what he was 50 years ago, and he wants me to remember that. I don't know, right? But I remain bold. I remain courageous. And we do have this sweet connection. And as long as I get myself out of the way in terms of my fear that I'm not enough, my fear that he doesn't really like me, my fear that he doesn't want to really spend time with me, I have to remind myself every time we, we see each other, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a festival. We, we enjoy the time together. So I focus on what I do have. And, and so 
when, when we're looking to have more love in our relationships, we need to remind ourselves of the big lie. I am enough. I am lovable. And if I can remind myself of that, I can give you everything I've got and not worry about getting something back because I can trust that I'll get it back. Your work, uh, have you ever met uh, a perfect human? <laughs> I don't know. I, well, I, even the Dalai Lama will, will not admit to being perfect. <laughs> right. You know, so, you know, even, even the, those that are, are the highest and best self and connected to their depth and, and to everything walk with, with a grace of forgiveness for themselves and for others. And, you know, look at the world that's going around, you know, that's swirling around them and all the facets within it. And don't sentence everyone and everything uh, to expectation and punish them if, if they don't meet up. I think that's a, where a lot of people get in trouble is, is they're holding for themselves to unrealistic expectations, um, but are human, right? And not doing the, the work to sort of work through the shame, the, ga- the, the, the blame, the guilt, uh, to find forgiveness, uh, and are, are holding their partners to the same. And there's this, this, this dance of protection and defense uh, and barriers that we all get to break, break down and come to the conversation more authentically open and you know in our in our words in this conversation cracked open to love so what would happen in any given relationship if we expect zero if our expectations Uh, Perhaps we just redefine what expectations are, but very often we expect something specific in a relationship, usually even unconsciously. We don't talk about it. We don't share our expectations with one another. And then when we don't have that expectation met, we're pissed off. We're disappointed. We're upset. We're Mm -hmm. very upset, right? And very often- Yeah, and the other person, probably doesn't even know what we expect. Maybe we don't even know ourselves, right? So what if, what if we, we shifted this whole idea of expectation to vision? I have a vision for a, a particular kind of relationship with anyone that I love, whether it's a romantic relationship or a relationship I have with my grandchildren or the relationship I have with my clients or my good friends. I envision that these relationships are a sharing and an enjoyment and allowing it to be whatever it wants to be. That's my vision. Because if I'm willing to be surprised, I'd rather be surprised than have an expectation that was not met. And and in that, you get to show up in your highest and best self, and you get to invite that person to play with you, invite that person to uh, 
agree or be a part of that and to the extent in which they're willing the extent in which they they want to do it uh and your discernment of you know you know is does their extent to which they want to step forward into that and share that with me is that important does that does that matter or is it okay that they do other things and may show up in other ways and are they providing um you know what we're looking for or not and i think it's sometimes hard um to show up in in that conversation fully intentional but unattached to the outcome and that's really where the the, the magic lies in in communication and, and relationships it's it's being highly intentional and clear on, on your boundaries, what you want, what you're looking for, and you deserve, you things that are non-negotiables and things that you value and care about. Doing that work for yourself first, and and then inviting someone to play with you, play that game of life and relationships, and uh, you see if you guys are aligned in your your highest future vision. I mean, the thing that really bonds me and my partners, we have the same vision for where we, what we want to do in humanity. We, we started a new group called Healers for Humanity and we're sharing resources and events and workshops eventually. And that's something that we share and we're partnering on and working uh, to build. And that lights me up and lights her up. And we're going back and forth on that. And there's, there's plenty of things in our life that we're connected on and building together. So you want to make sure that you guys are on the same page uh, and uh, you guys are both being intentional about building what, uh, building a life that both of you want. So it sounds to me like it's called Healers for Humanity. Yes? Yeah. Uh, it sounds to me like this is an aspect of, an offshoot of, certainly a cousin to, if not a sister or a brother, of uh, the course that I took with you on divine love. So would you share a little bit more about your take on what constitutes divine love? Sounds a little woo-woo maybe for some people. And could you kind of give us some bullet points, some, some seminal ideas about what divine love is and how that would help anybody make love better. Um, I, so I'll get to that. The, the Healers for Humanity, that's a new project um, because in my spiritual journey, I wish I, I had a tribe of, of people that were on the same path. I wish I had access to different experts and excuse me, modalities. And what we're looking to do in that group is provide questions and space and events and, and resources and experts that, that support someone in their journey. So giving people that are on the path as many puzzle pieces as we can to help them uh, accelerate their individual journey, which also accelerates the collective ascension so that's that's our focus um, as far as divine love 
it's it's a lot of what we've been talking about, which is coming back home to your source, your your connect your deepest and highest connection to self through letting go of the judgments, um, letting go of the resent resentments, the blame, the guilt, uh, finding acceptance for yourself looking in in the mirror and, and seeing god and yourself and god and the person next to you your your family your friends forgiveness for yourself and for them and and your lovers of the past present and, and future um, but it all starts through us and the end result is a deepening connection with those people but it, it comes through the vulnerability comes through the the willingness to do the deep work and not shy away from it uh, and be courageous to crack, your, crack yourself open to your highest expression of self and uh, the depth which is everyone which is which is love so it sounds to me uh, tell me if I'm on on track or not the divine love is that acceptance and awareness, first of all, awareness and then acceptance that we have within each of us, that divine spark, that divine essence. And that that is fundamentally who we are. We are love. We are gratitude. We are generosity. We are kindness. We are all of those attributes that we associate with beautiful divine love in, in literature, in, in our religious mm -hmm. communities, all of that. We are forgiveness, all of those things that we've talked about today. And so often we get in our own way because we, again, we believe the big lie. We, be we believe some of the things that um, we, we believed were true because we were uh, disappointed, we were betrayed, we were abused, and that that jaded us. That we lost our well, innocence to defend our... and protect ourselves. Yeah, right. And and that 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 works from seven to twenty, right? But it doesn't work when you really want to step into your your truth, your authenticity, your essence. And, and be in alignment with with your highest self. It just it just it just can't, right? And we have to do that that deeper work to break those down and uh, and open up to you know, seeing those truths and acknowledging them and, and and shifting them so that we can come back to source. We can come back to our our essence, which which is love, and everyone is shaped and cultivated different everyone has a different uh cosmic breakdown or you know universal breakdown however which way you want to to share it um and we're all so unique and different and, and it's fine like finding that for ourselves and also finding someone who complements that in a way that really works for you so if we see every relationship as a form of mirror and we see every relationship as a form of feedback. 
And we understand that all of life is perspective. And your perspective is unique to you. Mine is unique to me. And that's your reality. But it's not the only reality. It's only what you're able to see. And that every relationship can serve as a catalyst to cracking us open to seeing something else. So, for instance, my relationship with my father was part of what taught me to wonder about whether or not I was enough. Because my father was able to close the door on my brother and me and treat us like we didn't exist. So that was a form of mirror. That was a form of uh, feedback. And if I had believed that feedback or believed what I saw in the mirror, I would forever think that I wasn't worth anything. I wasn't lovable. I wasn't enough of anything because if I was, my father would have paid attention to me, right? But I also had another mirror among others, my mother, my grandmother, because when I saw myself in their eyes, I saw someone who couldn't do anything wrong. I was lovable. I was beautiful. I was talented. Sheila, you, the, the, the world is your oyster, right? Go, go for it. So my mother's message to me was, you are enough. You are lovable. And the question is, in our lives, which mirrors do we listen to? Which mirrors do we uh, recognize are uh, distorted mirrors? Which messages are the big lie and which, me which messages are true? And so we spend the better part of our adult life learning what's true and what's not by virtue of the people we choose to have relationships with. And it's often said that we choose relationships with people that are familiar, not necessarily healthy. So for a long time, I chose relationships for, with men that were more like my father. That was familiar, but it wasn't healthy. Then I began to choose relationships that were more like my mother. And that had a whole different effect on my life, right? So in, in all of our relationships, the question is, who are we choosing as our mirror? And what kind of feedback are we willing to listen to so that we can grow? Because we're all here to learn and grow. And as you said, Devin, we may spend the first two, two or three decades of our lives uh, experiencing the opposite of who we are, going through you know, the slings and arrows and believing that we aren't enough and whatever. And then we spend hopefully the, 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 the rest of our lives learning and growing and working it out and healing those, those core wounds and, and then teaching others. I forget who said it, but but there's a saying that goes: you 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 spend the first half of your your life building your ego. You build the second. You you spend the second half breaking it down. And maybe that's part of what breaking it open's about. Breaking it open is about being willing to say, "I recognize I need an ego, but I'm not going to let the ego run the show." Ego's great. I mean, ego gets a bad rap. I mean, it 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 protects you. It it it's it's a survivalistic thing, um, but it doesn't really serve that great of a purpose <laughs> when it comes to connection and and allowing you to stay connected to your source and um, you know be in in 
great communion with someone else's. Um, so you're saying like, go ahead, sorry. One of my friends said, love is a thriving deal, whereas fear is a surviving deal. So maybe fear help, helps us to survive, but it doesn't help us thrive. So we need to remind ourselves what our choices always are. Our choices are to stay in fear or to go towards love. And in order to do that, we have to crack open. What does towards love look like? You know, um, how, do, how do we choose that? And like you were saying earlier, and I really want to highlight this, yeah, every single relationship uh, is, is a learning and provides amazing lessons, right? Um, and is a catalyst to always, to, to your evolution always. And it's the, the, the extent in which we pay attention to that and we look at it, right, is to, to, to stay in alignment. We have to be aware of, you know, the learnings and lessons so that we can choose opposite so we can choose what's what's in connection to our highest and, and best good but we also first have to, to 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 look at ourselves and and take ownership and humble our ego and, and show up and, and be willing to take ownership and responsibility for our side of the street um, and at the same time choose choose what we want choose what we want to create choose the game that we're playing you know, in life and business and in relationships, it's, it's all a choice so, and you so, can go whatever direction you want. So part of the part of what you're pointing to is the power of the choice, but the choice comes from our consciousness. The choice comes from the level to which we have allowed ourselves to grow and to to learn about ourselves and ever increasing awareness, ever increasing consciousness. So that we dare not, as Rumi say, says, we dare not fall asleep. He says, stay awake. Don't fall asleep, dare right? Fall asleep. Yeah. Because if we, and, and this is what happens, to protect ourselves, there's are certain feelings and, and, and pains that we went through, and we just shove it in a door, and we just move on with our life. We carry on. We might even, you know, uh, box off, close off the door, put wallpaper up, put chains, vaults, whatever you want, right? But those things are still in there. Those things are growing. They're, they're, what you don't shine light on festers in the, in the being and the body, right? And so if we can connect and, and, and connect the dots back to what those things are that are causing us pain from our past that are perpetually affecting our future, and pull those anchors out, pull those things out, go into the, courageously be willing to go back there and open those doors and clear it out and shine light on there. You know, we, we reclaim our heart, we reclaim our energy, we reclaim, you know, the, our authenticity and our essence and ourself. But we have to be willing to go into those dark places that long ago we, we closed ourselves off from and from others from accessing. So what I've learned, Devin, and I know you have as well, is that to be a lover, to truly be a lover in our most intimate relationships, 
we must be a spiritual warrior. Do you want to speak about that from your experience? A spiritual warrior? Say, say more about the context of spiritual warrior as it relates to love. Well, being a spiritual warrior is being willing is being willing to be vulnerable, to be willing to see yourself, to be willing to uh, continue to look so that you're not closing your, you know, so many people say, I've, I've learned enough, I've gone to school long enough, I don't have to read anymore, I don't have to learn anymore, I don't have to take any more courses, I don't have to have another coach, right? I'm 79, I'm constantly hiring coaches. Because <laughs> I want someone to kick my butt. I want someone to hold my feet to the fire. Because I know it's too easy to fall asleep, right? So, so right now, among my most loving relationships are my relationships with my clients. I dare not fall asleep. I must stay awake. I must choose to be fully awake in those very precious relationships that I have with my clients. I am in the trenches with my clients. It's truly an ongoing, intimate conversation I have with, with clients, right? Likewise with my grandchildren, likewise with my good friends, likewise with my old boyfriend, so that I'm willing to look more deeply at myself, recognizing he may be a mirror for me that I'm not willing to acknowledge. And the closer I look, I realize he's just like me in so many ways. He probably doesn't want to take the chance of hurting someone else because he's not a, he's not, He's not a really good partner in, in, a, in, a, in some ways. In other words, I am so busy doing my life. I'm so busy doing all the things I love. You know, if I had someone in my life who expected me to be home making dinner every night, uh, that, would, that would be a problem, right? And Pierre is 83. He's always working on something. He's often up most of the night working on another project. He's probably learned that most women he'd be involved with would be pissed off that he's not available to them more, right? So maybe he's assuming that if he gets into a closer relationship, I would not accept him. I would not stay with him. I would not, right? And so I, I'm thinking I've discovered by being single for a while as he's discovered being single for a while, that we kind of like being single. And yet we like to have some semblance of a relationship. So I'm thinking, well, maybe he's come into my life to show me an aspect of myself that I really didn't want to see. Because I mm -hmm. thought that I wanted to, because I was married 32 years and loved my life. I thought, you know, maybe I need another relationship just like that. Well, maybe not. Maybe I need mm -hmm. another mm -hmm. kind of relationship. I need to stay awake and be willing to see myself at this stage of my life and recognize, well, maybe I don't want to have what I had before. Maybe I want to have a variation on that theme. Right. What's, what's important, what matters. And I, and I remember you expressing me because, you know, I, I view you as a Renaissance type of woman and you love ideas and you love learning and what this beautiful human provides for you. And, what what really bonds you to is around the the beauty of of ideas and you know the curiosity both of you have about learning and sharing and, and you our know, love you guys and both our, very 
Let's past, value that. Exactly. Our past, the last conversation we had, we're like two little kids talking about music, talking about recipes, sharing food, talking about a book that he had recommended that I read. And I was in the middle of reading it and my being so excited about it. We were like two little kids in a sandbox. Right. But if you related to him based off of 30 years ago, he wouldn't, he, he wouldn't, it wouldn't work, right? Or it, you would have certain expectations. And so it, it's so important to know what's important to you, what, what matters in, in certain stages of life. And, and that does evolve and does change. Uh, and we, in our relationships, we want to have the foresight of, of focusing on, you know, what bonds us between this other human and, and look at that reflection of, ourselves in them and and how they complement not complete us because no one can complete you right you complete you your your happiness is completely your responsibility um and you want to be with someone who who elevates that and really nourishes that and in your relationship that you have with him he really does and vibrationally you guys just elevate each other and that's so true. great it's true we do and i want to honor that i don't want to give that up but it doesn't make me a beggar it makes me a goddess because i so appreciate me i so appreciate him and i recognize that some things have nothing to do with time and space that they have something mm. to do with the quality of connection. And we get back to that wonderful idea that you shared a little while ago. And that is when you have a commitment to connection, what was the other part? Something else doesn't matter. What? The, the conflict, oh, the, the conflict, conflict. When it, like when you're like having issues with someone, right? Or the ego gets triggered or you get triggered, uh, the, that becomes a non-issue if you're willing to be authentic, fully disclosed, vulnerable, uh, and stay intentional about your connection and love and value of this individual while also maintaining your own and what you deserve. Um, that, you know, that, that's where things deepen and, and where relationships thrive. Well, I'm excited about what you have brought to our conversation today, Devin, mm. so much, so much depth so much beauty, so much insight. And uh, I'd love to invite you back for part two and we can talk about what you'd like that to be. But uh, I can't thank you enough for giving us of yourself and your expertise, your insight. And I want us, uh, I want you to remind my, my, our listeners here uh, how they can find you and, and uh, how they can be in touch with you. Yeah, well, Sheila, thank you for having me. It's it's a pleasure to 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 share this space with you and and have these conversations. And I'll be happy to come back and have another one. We can do part two or maybe even part three. We'll see. Um, people can find me at Devin Weefer on Facebook and Devin J Weefer on Instagram or or LinkedIn as well. At the same Devin J Weefer D E V I N J W-E-A-F-E-R. Wonderful. So you are ever present on social media and uh, you are a 
very important teacher in our world. Thank you, Devin. So everyone, uh, thank you for being with us for this episode of Let's Talk About Making Love Better. Until next time, I'm Sheila Pearl, the Love Doctor, saying bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>